I'm going to talk about King Agrippa this morning. He was the seventh and the last ruler of Herod the Great's family. He was born in 27 AD. He was 17 years old when his dad died. He lived in Rome with the emperor Claudius. And at 21, he was appointed to rule certain territories. And so King Agrippa was an important person. And the event that we read in his life was an important time. I don't know how long Paul stood before him. Maybe for up to an hour. Maybe a half hour. Uh, but it, 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 was, it was one of the most important times in King Agrippa's life. Because it was during that time that he made a decision that affected where he was going to spend forever. Now, I will tell you this morning, I believe every person here is an important person. You are important. You are important to God. You are important to me. You are important to this church. And I believe that the next 15 minutes or so that we're going to spend together could be an important time in your life. Because, you see, there may be some people here in the next 15 minutes that are going to decide and make a decision, and that decision is going to impact where they spend forever. And so what I want to do this morning in a real simple way is transport us back to that court that day where Festus, uh, the Roman uh, ruler of Judea at that time, sat, where Agrippa and King Agrippa and his wife sat, and they brought in this prisoner who was accused of some crimes by the Jews, who the Jews wanted to send back to Jerusalem. But Paul knew if they sent him back to Jerusalem, they would kill him on the way. <coughs> so he had appealed to go to Caesar for the emperor to hear his case. And Festus said to King Agrippa, I have no charge to make against this man. What the Jews have brought against him, there, there's no way I would send him to Caesar based on that charge. I would like for you to hear him, and then you help me decide what charge I should send him to Festus with. And so Paul was brought before these folks, Agrippa, his wife, (coughs) and Festus. And like Paul did when he came before anybody, he preached unto them Jesus Christ. It did not matter who Paul stood before. It didn't matter if he stood before kings or paupers. It did not matter if he stood before the philosophers on Athens Hill or, 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 or people that didn't have much sense. Every time Paul got in front of people, he did one thing. He preached the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, that ought to be an example to us as Christians. <coughs> Every time we have an audience with one or two or many, we ought to tell them about our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so Paul was trying to persuade Agrippa of some things that day. He was trying to persuade Festus of some things that day. He was trying to persuade anybody that was under the sound of his voice of some things that day. I tried to do the same thing. I want to tell you what Paul was trying to persuade Agrippa about. Number one, he was trying to persuade Agrippa that he was a sinner. You see, the Bible is very clear that we are all sinners. In Psalm 53, the Bible says, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek God. Every one of them has gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. 
Paul quoted that psalm when he wrote in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, There's none righteous, no, not one. You go back and you read the third chapter of Romans, and we studied it <coughs> a week ago Wednesday in our prayer meeting service. And Paul goes down in that chapter and he lists sin after sin after sin after sin to convince the readers of that chapter in Romans that they're all sinners. They're all sinners. You know, in order to define sin, the Lord gave us the Ten Commandments. When Moses met him on Mount Sinai, God says, I've got to tell my people what sin is. And so I'm going to give them these commandments, these rules. We know them. Have no other gods before me. Don't worship any graven images. Don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't covet. Don't bear false witness. God says, that's what defines sin. If you break one of these commandments, if you break one of these rules, it makes you a sinner. I had a funeral yesterday for, for, for a lady that used to belong to our church, and I, I told the, the, the people that were gathered there. The book of James says it only takes one sin to make you a sinner. The book of James says if we break the law, the Ten Commandments, in one point, we're guilty of every single one of them. And so let's say that, you know, you're a pretty good person, and you keep commandments one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then you get down to ten, where it says... You shall not bear false witness. Now, if you're like me, if you're like most people, there's a time in your life that you can look back to and say, well, there was at least one time in my life where I bent the truth. There's one time in my life where I told a little white lie. Hey, 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 there ain't no such thing as a little white lie. There ain't no such thing as breaking the truth. You either told the truth or you didn't. If you didn't tell the truth, you're a liar. If you're a liar, you're a sinner. And if, you're a, and if your one sin is a lie, the Bible says you're guilty of all of them. In God's sight, you're just as guilty as the murderer and the adulterer and the thief. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. He's the one that said it. The Bible says if we break the law in one point, we're guilty of all. Paul was trying to persuade King Agrippa, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. In the book of Isaiah, the Bible says all of our righteousness is all the goodness of the, that we can do. If we offer them up to God, they're in his sight as filthy rags. So Paul said, Agrippa, you're a sinner. I say to you this morning, you are a sinner. Are you persuaded? You need to be persuaded. You can't get saved. You can't come to Jesus Christ until you are persuaded that you are a sinner. Paul went on. He was trying to persuade Agrippa of something else. He was trying to persuade Agrippa that there was a penalty connected with that sin. In the book of Galatians, the Bible says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's a Bible principle that's taught over and over and over in the Word of God. God has the right to punish sin. God has the right to define what sin is. And when we commit sin, Almighty God has the right to punish that sin. The Bible says that God says the wages of sin is death. What we deserve as a sinner is death. Not physical death. Although sometimes sin leads to physical death. But the death the Bible talks about is spiritual death. 
being separated from a holy, righteous God. That's what our sin does to us. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they were created to have fellowship with God. But when they disobeyed God, when they sinned, God had to kick them out of the Garden of Eden. His fellowship with them, his relationship with them had to be broken. That's what happens to us. We sin. Our relationship with God, the God that made us to fellowship with him, the God that wants us to be part of his family. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But he says, I can't tolerate sin. I have to separate myself from sin. Paul was telling Agrippa, not only are you a sinner, O king, but there's a penalty for your sin. And that penalty is to be separated from God. Are you persuaded? Are you persuaded? Paul went on, there's something else you need to know. Jesus paid the penalty. (laughs) Jesus paid the penalty that you owe. Paul said, hey, king, you're a sinner, and there's a penalty for your sin. But let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Savior. He was virgin born. He came and lived among men for 33 some years. He was tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin. And God allowed us to take his son, who knew no sin, and hang him on a cross. And when he hung on the cross, God took every one of my sins, and every one of your sins, King Agrippa, and every one of your sins, Festus, and every one of your sins, Bernice, and every one of your sins, to every person in the crowd. And he laid them on his Son, He was wounded for our transgressions. By his stripes we are healed. Paul said, King Agrippa, let me tell you about my Savior. I was the chiefest of sinners. I was the one who persecuted Christians. I was the one who stood there when Stephen was being stoned. I was the one that made fun of Jesus Christ. They wanted nothing to do with him. Until one day on the road to Damascus. He struck me blind. He got my attention. And I realized and saw who he was for the very first time. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. My Savior. And King Agrippa, I want to give you my testimony. I asked him to save me. And he did. And he did. And King Agrippa, if he'll do that for an old sinner like me, He'll do that for a sinner like you. I want to tell you this morning, God saved this sinner. Jesus Christ saved this sinner. When I asked him, he he didn't hesitate. He forgave my sins. He made me part of his family. He dressed me in the righteousness of Christ. He wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life. I have a home in heaven this morning because of what Jesus Christ paid for my sin. Are you persuaded? Persuaded? And then number four, Paul was trying to persuade Agrippa, hey, if you ask him, if you ask Jesus, he'll save you. Paul uh, wrote in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
He said, I, I called on him and he saved me. Agrippa, if you'll call on him, he will save you too. And Paul asked that question in Acts 26. He said, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Are you persuaded? Do you know that you're a sinner? Do you understand there's a penalty for that sin? Are you persuaded that Jesus Christ paid the penalty? Would you ask him? And we read what Agrippa said. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. I want to tell you this morning, almost is not persuaded. Almost is still lost. Almost still leads to hell. Almost means that you're still separated from God. This morning, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, don't stop at almost. Paul said in that next verse, I would to God, but not only thou, but all, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether persuaded. And so I say to you this morning, don't stop at almost. Go ahead and move to altogether. Be altogether persuaded that you're a sinner. Be altogether persuaded that there's a penalty for that sin. Be altogether persuaded that Jesus Christ paid the penalty that you owe. Be altogether persuaded that if you ask him, he'll save you. And then go ahead and ask him. Ask him. Ask him. I say like Paul. I would that everybody under the sound of my voice this morning could stand and testify before you leave. I am altogether persuaded that I am a sinner, that Christ paid my penalty. I've asked him to save me. And say like Paul did, that he, that he wrote later, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. What Paul was saying, I am persuaded that Jesus Christ can keep all of my sin to himself, keep it all off of my record so that I can stand before God sinless, justified. In God's sight, just as if I've never sinned, I am persuaded that one day I'll stand before God in that state. Are you? Are you? You can be. You can be this morning. Just believe what this book says. It's the truth. He'll save you if you ask him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Apostle Paul. He made it so simple for us. We're all sinners. There's a penalty for that sin. Jesus paid it. And if we ask him, he'll save us. I pray for every person here this morning that's never done that. Maybe they've come close. Maybe they, they could say like a grip, almost. There was a time where I almost did that. Help them, Father, to understand that almost doesn't count. Almost doesn't work. Almost doesn't cut it. That they need to be all together persuaded and act on that persuasion and ask Jesus to save them. Teenager, man, woman, first time here, hundredth time here, doesn't matter. 
every single person is important. And the decision that they make now could affect where they spend forever. Help them to decide for Jesus Christ. Help them to receive the gift of salvation that Jesus purchased on Calvary for every single person, for them. Help them to claim it this morning. You tell us in your word, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Help those that need to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior this morning. Bless this invitation. Help those to come that, that need to come. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.